as many of you would know, the vision of the Village Church is broken people coming together to embrace and to extend uh, Jesus' love. And one of the ways in which we do that is through these small groups, through these village groups. And so I would encourage you, ladies, to participate. And I would encourage the men to participate in the men's study. Uh, and so these are ways in which you can get connected with the body. This is ways in which we can build a better community. So can y'all hear me? I feel like y'all can't. Y'all good? Okay. So if you have your Bible, open it to Genesis chapter 1. We will be uh, looking at the the, the verses that uh, Larry Bricker read today. Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 through 25. Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 through 25. Trigger words are, are words that get a person's attention. It moves a person emotionally touches a person either negatively or positively. Trigger words can motivate a person to action. They can even wound a person eternally, internally. These trigger words are often subjective. They're based upon a person's own experiences in life. And all people have trigger words, including y'all. What are the trigger words that get you riled up, that get you excited? That motivates you to action. What are, what are the words that, that, that can hurt you? What are the words that will even cause you to end a relationship? In our current religious and social and political climate in America, almost every word is a trigger word. There is, yeah, that's an amen statement. There's even trigger words within Christianity in America. Just spend any time on social media. Read through your Twitter feed, your troll through your Facebook home feed, listen to podcasts, read blogs, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's a trigger word tsunami. You can't say anything. There's one word I believe has become a trigger word for many Americans in, in, a, in the current climate of our culture, and it's even a trigger word within Christianity, and that word is diversity. Diversity, diversity diversity. How do you feel when you hear that word? What thoughts come to mind? Who are the people that come to mind when you hear the word diversity? Many believers in our country approach diversity as a social and political concept only. But what if I told you diversity was in the beginning? What if I told you the concept didn't originate with human beings? What if I told you the concept is really 3D? Diversity by divine design. In Genesis 1, verses 2 through 25, we're going to see diversity by divine design. We're going to see God use 3D. We're going to see creation in 3D. And before we do, please pray with and for me. Lord, as I pray often or I pray for the Holy Spirit to take the words that will be preached and to apply it to the lives of your people. The preacher is just a preacher. He's not part of Godhead. He's just a a vessel, a, a tool, an instrument that 
you use to shepherd your people through the preached word. Because he too needs the gospel. He too needs grace and the word for himself. So Holy Spirit, do what you do and move within the congregation today through the preaching of God's word. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Modelism is a trigger word within Christianity. It is a teaching about God that the church has faced historically and even currently. And to be honest with y'all, this trigger word is actually a heresy. It teaches that the members of the Trinity are not three distinct persons, but rather three modes of activity in which God manifests himself. According to this teaching, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are just three manifestations of God, three forms of God. And think about it like this. In this teaching, God functions like a model who wears different outfits on the catwalk or like a person who wears different hats or different shoes or or a different pair of Jordans. But this teaching, this teaching, this, this theological teaching, it denies the diversity within the Godhead. It crumbles it like a cookie. It, it collapses it, it like a building. But TVC saints, modelism isn't true. It's a false teaching. For there is divine diversity within the Trinity. There is 3D. Diversity in the beginning. Before creation of the heaven and the earth, there is diversity. Do you believe it? Our God is one God in three distinct, diverse persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one true eternal God, same in substance, equal in power and glory, although distinguished by their personal properties. That is our God. And these three, and these three distinct persons in the Godhead, they have been in perfect fellowship and relationship with each other for all eternity. Even before there was creation, they were hanging out together, enjoying one another. Do you all believe it? Before creation, for all, before all, for all eternity, our Trinitarian God is a spirit in and of himself infinite in his being and glory and blessedness and perfection. Our God is is all sufficient, eternal, unchangeable, incomprehensible. Your God is everywhere present, almighty, all knowing, most wise, most holy, most just, most merciful and glory and gracious, long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. That is your God. But do you believe it? And in the absolute beginning, this God. Our one God and three diverse persons created the heavens and the earth. Do you believe it? He's creator. And if he is creator, do you know what that also means? He has complete authority over all his creation. Every inch of it, including human beings, the Christian and the non-Christian are under his authority. And here's the thing. God doesn't need people to worship him for them to be under his authority. Because he wouldn't be much of a God. He'd just be Santa Claus. In Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2, the psalmist says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, 
the world and those who dwell within it. For he has founded it upon the seas and has established it upon the rivers. It belongs to him. He is the creator of all things. And as creator, he has placed structure in his creation and world. And some of these structures include roles and freedoms and rules and limits and seasons and and sunlight, days and nights. And even diversity is a structure within his creation. 3D is present in the beginning. It is not added later. Not after the fall. Not after the flood. Not after the covenant with Moses. Not even when Jesus comes. Not, it's not added by human beings. Diversity by divine design is present during the six days of creation. Do you believe it? Our one God in three diverse persons brains 3D in his creation. And guess what? It is good. Because God is good. But do you believe 3D is good? Or do you simply see diversity as some social and political construct that's being used to push some hidden agenda of a particular group of people? If you only see diversity as social and political, that's 2D understanding of diversity. Get beyond 2D. Embrace 3D. Because that's God. Because 3D sustains life. Diversity by divine design sustains life. And you say, well, what do you mean by that, Alex? Set tight. And I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But this, this newly created out of nothing elements can't sustain life yet. Please know that. Verse 2 describes the conditions of the original created elements. And, it, and the conditions are kind of chaotic. My seminary professor, Dr. Kelly, says, Douglas Kelly, he says, Genesis 1, 2 clearly indicates that the original created elements of verse 1 are not yet distinguished, separated, and organized. They're not, they're not distinguished. There's no distinction. There's no structure. There's no diversity yet. The newly created earth is without form. It's empty. It's desolate. It's a waste. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And that's water. The earth at this point cannot sustain life. It's uninhabitable. The message Bible says, as Larry read, the earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness and an icky blackness. And yet, at the same time, the spirit of God brooded over the face of the earth. I love that term more than hover and move. Hover and move gives the impression that God is just aimlessly flying over the waters on a holy joy ride with no purpose, with no intent. But brooded, on the other hand, paints a different picture. When this term is used as a verb without an object, it means to think deeply about something that makes one unhappy. How about that? The term also means to, to ponder, to contemplate, to true over, to turn over in one's mind, to, to meditate upon it. See, TVC Saints, at the, at the beginning, your God was not on a holy draw ride. He was an artist preparing to do some artwork. That's why he's over the seas, because he's turned over in his mind. I'm getting ready to make this place a beautiful place. He's getting ready to shape. Inform his canvas. 
this newly created earth. Our God is turning over in his mind how to make distinctions, contemplating on how to, to bring structure and order and organization, turning over in his mind how to separate and to make distinctions. He paints and shapes and forms the newly created earth in 3D. Diversity by divine design that can sustain life. But now, our artistic God isn't like human artists who use pre-existing material to create artwork, like paints, brushes, a palette, and canvases. No, our God, he doesn't use pre-existing materials. He creates everything out of nothing by the word of his power. He speaks it, and it comes into existence. He shapes, he creates, and he forms by the power of his word. He speaks into existence Order, structure, distinction, separation, and diversity. He even names what he creates. And he observes what he creates. And he makes one declaration. It's all good. It's all good. But do you believe it? It's all good. Diversity by divine design, sustains life. And you can see that on the first three days of creation as God shapes and forms it. On day one, God speaks light into existence. He observes the light and he declares it good. And then he distinguishes the light from the darkness, makes a distinction and separation between the two. He names the light day and the darkness night. That is diversity. All right, then. Well, maybe I need to calm down. Preach with the mic in my hand, I guess. All right, let's start over. He names the light day and the darkness night. And that is 3D, diversity by the divine design. Look at verses 3 through 5. And God says, let there be light. And there is light. God sees that the light is good. And he separates the light from the darkness. And he calls the light day and the darkness night. And there's evening and there's morning, the first day. Do you see what he's doing? On day two, God speaks the sky or the atmosphere into existence. He distinguishes the sky from the waters through a second separation. He organizes positions them according to their purpose. And he even names the sky heaven. Again, that's diversity. Look at verse 6. God says, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. And let it separate the waters from the waters. And God makes the expanse and separates the waters from under the expanse from the waters that are above it. And it is so. And God calls the expanse heaven. And there's evening and there's morning. The second day. And on the third day, he picks up where he left off on the second day with, a, with another separation and distinction. You see, he molds and shapes the waters under heaven by the word of his power. And at the same time, he speaks dry land into existence. Verse 9, God says, let the waters under heaven gather together into one place and let dry land appear. And it is so. The waters are distinguished from the dry land. Both are organized and positioned in their proper place by God. And he names them. The dry land is earth. 
The world is gathered into one place or seas. And God observes with his eyes what he has created. And he, and he looks at what he has done and he says, it is good. Gives it his stamp of approval. He calls the earth dry land. The waters, the, he calls seas. And he sees that it is good. Again, that is 3D, diversity by divine design. Even in these two days of creation. Do you see it? Have you read Genesis 1 this way? On day four, God speaks into existence lights to shine in the heavens. Sets them in the expanse of the heavens. Positions them above the earth. These lights um, are, are like natural bodies that give light off. Natural light. They, they, are, light, they are natural living. I'm messed up. These three lights are bodies that give off natural light. And there's three of them. The sun, the moon, the stars. And they all have the same function. They separate the daytime from the nighttime. They, they, there's two of them that does that. That's the sun and the moon. These lights are to serve as signs for seasons, days, and years. And they give light to all the earth. The sun, the moon, the stars. God says he made the two great lights, the greater light to rule over the day and the lesser light to rule over the night and the stars. And he observes them and he and he says that, that they're all are good, declares them good. Again, on day four, there's 3D. There's diversity by divine design. Do you all understand what God is doing during these first four days of creation? With these distinctions, with, with, with order, with these separations, with, with this structure. There's an important reason for this. Listen, our God is good and awesome. He doesn't create life on earth when, when the earth was formless and empty and desolate and waste. He doesn't create life when, while the planet can't sustain life. He wouldn't be a good God if he created you first. Put you down in the earth and you can't breathe. He doesn't create life in chaos. Life comes after he turns chaos into cosmos. Dr. Kelly says these distinguishes show the mighty hand of God's shaping and organizing the dark, watery mass in the direction of a beautiful garden. A fit, lovely dwelling place for plants, animals, and humankind. Our God shapes and forms the earth into a place that can inhabit life, sustain life, and even reproduce life. He does it all in 3D. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? When you read these days of creation, do you believe this is real, or do you think it's just a myth? Kids, when you read Genesis 1, do you believe this is real? Are you thinking to yourself, this can't be real. This is a myth. This is truth. Remember, you're finite. God is infinite. So there's certain things you ain't going to understand. You're just going to have to believe because God said it. Life is first introduced into creation back in Genesis 3, back back on day 3. Right after God speaks the seas and the dry land into existence, he speaks plant life into existence. One theologian says, on the same self day, as soon as the inanimate matter 
which serves as the foundation for plant life, has been put in order. They were created without delay. The various kinds of vegetation. Plant life isn't a picture of uniformity. If you are a gardener, if you like the plants, do you see uniformity in plant life or do you see diversity in plant life? Is that an accident or is that by divine design? It's divine design. It's 3D. You didn't do it. Evolution didn't do it. God did that. God did that. He created different kinds of vegetation, different kinds of plants, different kinds of fruit trees. He did it according to their kind. But what does that mean, Alex? An apple tree will produce apples, not oranges. That's according to its kind. And that is by purpose. That is by intent. And God did that. They didn't evolve into that. God created it that way. Verse 12. The earth brings forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their kind, and trees bring fruit which is in their seeds, each according to its kind. Some theologians believe these fruit trees were planted. They, were, they came into existence fully grown. They weren't seeds. They came. He created them with fruit already on them. Think about that. And he declares that all good. There's evening. There's morning. The third day. On the fifth day. God fills the seas. In the sky. With life. Animal life. He speaks into existence fishes and and birds, creates them by the power of his divine word, each according to its kind. Not the same kind, various kind, diverse, 3D. Verse 21. So God creates the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves. That's which the water swarm and according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God sees that it's good. Again, when you read that, what do you see? What comes to mind? All the fish of the sea, all the different kinds of fish that, that live in the ocean, God did that. They didn't evolve into that. God did that. All the different birds that you see flying around in your backyard, God did that. Again, earth now can sustain their life because of what he has done. They're different kind of fish. They're diverse. Different type of birds. There's diversity in that. And all the same bird. They're different. They share one thing in common. They can fly. But there's differences. And after declaring it all good, he does something else on the fifth day that he hasn't done in the other four days. He blesses the fish and birds. He provides them with their capacities to reproduce life. To pass on life. He just didn't um, create them and say, go on. He says, now I want you to fulfill the earth with other life after you. Look at verses 22 and 23. God blesses them, saying, be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there's evening and there's morning, the fifth day. God wasn't just concerned for that moment. He was thinking down the road. It wasn't just these original created birds and fishes. He was saying, I want more. 
Now you go out and reproduce. Enjoy what I have given you. Live in the, in the water, fly in the sky, and reproduce yourself. And he's saying procreation is a blessing from God, not from man. Do you believe that? Life is a blessing because it comes from God. Do you believe that? Notice something about these days of creation. If, if plant life and animal life were self-existent, God would have made them first. But they're not self-existent. That's why you had to bring order to the, to the world so that they can live and flourish. These things are not self-existent. They are dependent upon other things for their existence. And God made those things on the first days of creation. Now you can live. Now you can flourish. Now, if you think about God caring for plants this way, for fish this way, birds this way, then what about the crown of his creation? Because there's only one crown of his creation. It ain't the birds and it's not the fish. It's us. You see a creator who is detailed. In his creation. Everything has a role. Everything has a purpose. And he's making sure. It functions the way he wants it to function. And that is for. The benefit. Of his creation. For life. That is, These are amen statements y'all. That this world that we live in. It didn't come because of a bang. It didn't come because of so much. Explosion of gases in the universe. That does not make any sense. There's a creator. And again, if you sit here and you don't believe in him, God doesn't need you to believe in him to still be creator. Listen, listen. You might not believe in him, but he allows you to do that. Okay? He allows you to sit there and say you don't believe in him. Because if he moves your hand from you, you would not exist. That's how big he is. That's how powerful he is. You benefit from his goodness even though you deny him. Because he's God. He's God. Finally, on day six, God fills the earth. There's a correlation to the days of creation. I hope you notice that when you read it, that he fills the waters with life. He fills the sky with life through the birds. And now he's going to fill the dry land with life. That's animal life. And he speaks them into existence. Each according to their kind. Various kinds. Different kinds. Diverse kinds. If you ever been to the zoo, are all the animals in the zoo the same? No. No. Is that by accident? No. That's 3D diversity by divine design. God did that. God did that. Look at verses 24 and 25. God says, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds. Livestock, creeping things, beasts of the earth according to their kind. God is doing this. And it was so. He speaks them into existence. And he sees that. It's good. I hope you notice as Christians 
that are out of all the people in the world, Christians should care more about creation than any of them. Because this is our God's creation. We have a reason to care about the environment. Because it's our God's environment. Because God said it is good. And we should want to see it flourish. The six days of creation are in 3D. There's diversity by divine design in the beginning. It is not man-made. It is not political. It is not social. It is divine and it's from God. But do you believe it? When you look at creation, do you see diversity? Do you celebrate it? Another theologian says, raise your eyes. Look up at the starry heavens. And you will see not just a single beam of light. Not just a single beam of light. But a sparkling sea coming from a midriff of bright shining stars. Each which God calls by name. For the simple reason that each has a name a nature, and a substance of its own. They all differ in the speed of the light they emit. Each of them spark along its own path. Uniformity in God's creation? No. Rather, infinite diversity. An inexhaustible profusion of variations that sparks and fascinates you in every domain of nature, in the ever-varying shape of a snowflake, as well as in the endless distinctive form of flower and leaf. Where in creation, where in God's entire creation do you encounter life that does not display the unmistakable hallmark of life precisely in the multiplicity of its colors and dimensions? That, saints, is creation in 3D. That, saints, is our God doing something that's beautiful. That is our God making the earth into a place that his crown of creation can enjoy. If you doubt that God loves you, read Genesis 1. Because if he didn't love you, he would have created you first. And you would have died because you can't breathe. But creation itself is evidence that God cares about you. That he wants you to flourish. All this stuff happens before the fall. That his intent and his purpose was to create a place that can sustain life, inhabit life, and even reproduce life. He wants it to move forward and grow. You can have the first three books of the Bible and you can have, and that's all you really need, to be honest with you. Because it explains everything. Why God created, why things are jacked up, which we'll get into later. But it's important that you understand who God is in light of the Imago Dei. Because this too is connected to the Imago Dei. And we're going to talk about that next week. Because if there's diversity in the lesser forms of creation, then what about the crown? What about the crown? That is us. Even people who don't have faith in Jesus Christ are still created in the image of God. Why do you think unbelievers can have good marriages? Why do you think unbelievers can be, you know, good doctors? Because you can't not, you can't live in this world thinking, I'm going to do everything if, if a Christian owns it, because just because you're a Christian don't make you good at something. 
Okay. It doesn't. It just means you're not going to hell when you die. It doesn't mean you're going to be a good doctor or a good lawyer. So know that the world that we live in, it flourishes and, 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 and unbelievers can, can thrive because the image of God is still imprinted upon them. That our value, I'm, I'm getting into next week's sermon, but I can't stop. And so, but our value and our dignity and all that stuff, it does not come from us. It comes from the fact that we created an image of God. Your value as a, a woman doesn't come from being a woman. It comes because you created an image of God. As a man, your value doesn't come from being a man. It comes because you created an image of God. The problem is, is that we try to find our identity in the blessings of God instead of God himself. Look at the world that we live in today. People are trying to find their identity in everything but the God who made them. And that's part, that's part of the essence of the fall. They didn't want to be found their identity in God. They want to find their identity in themselves. And in reality, they want to be God. You ain't ever going to find peace in this life if it's not found in Jesus. And when you come to Jesus in faith, you come and you give him control over everything you try to find your identity in. Give it to him. Because if he can provide, if he can be tender with creation, he can be tender with you and the things that you're dealing with. But do you believe it, saints? Can you rest in that, saints? Because we all struggle and wonder sometimes, does God care about me? Does God love me? Is he going to be there for me? Where is he? He's there. He's there. Sometimes we have to ask the Spirit to give us the eyes to see. Spirit to, to, to help us be able to believe what we don't feel. Notice, saints, God cares about you. Do you believe that? When God created you, he didn't create you to be somebody else. He created you to be you. He created you to be you. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're not a lost cause. You have purpose. You have dignity. You are somebody because you belong to God. If he can take care of the birds and the fish and the animals and the livestock, then he can take care of you. You are somebody because you are created in his image. And you can leave here with your head held high because of that. And if you are a believer, then, then you are also his child. Which is a double blessing. Because Christ is in you restoring you. Restoring the broken places. Restoring the pain. Restoring
And if you're here, you don't know Jesus. Hey, he's there for you. You don't have to go through the motions of it. You don't have to fake the phone. God is there. But you got to believe it for yourself. I feel like I'm rambling now. So none of that stuff was in my notes. But somebody needs to hear it. So let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are not a God who does things by accident, who makes mistakes. You are a God who is an artist, who has shaped and formed his creation for a purpose, who has built diversity in it by divine design. So, Lord, my prayer for us that as we leave this place, that we will leave with a greater appreciation for who you are and a greater appreciation for the world that you have created. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will minister to each of us in our pain and our brokenness and our sorrow, that we will, that he will help us to know that God is for us and not against us, and that it is good that he's in control of every inch of his creation because it means nothing is happening by accident. God is in complete control, even in the pain of our life. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Will you please stand as we close our service?